0: welcome once again to EWTN's Bookmark. I'm Doug Keck, your host. Always a pleasure to be joined by a great friend of ours, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, MFVA. He's the presenter for this on Mother Angelica's Lessons on Genesis. Proudly published, as always, by EWTN Publishing and naturally available through EWTN's Religious Catalog. Mother Angelica started it all Holy Reminders, EWTNRC.com, for all things Catholic and all things Mother Angelica. (laughs) Good to see you, my friend. And you too, Doug. Uh, We always get to kind of talk about Mother's books Mm -hmm. and then uh, our radio show that we did, uh, Answering the Call, is still airing, so that's always Mm -hmm. fun with Mother answering some great questions over the years. And when did you first come to EWTN again? It was
1: 1985. Mm -hmm. And Mother would always give the crew lessons. So that was my introduction, actually, when I came to visit here. They said, well, Mother's given lesson today. Mm-hmm. So we went into the garage studio <laughs> at that time, and Mother gave us a lesson. And she was always teaching from the Scriptures, right? And that's right. she would give those lessons over the years. And when we moved to the new studio, the crew would be in there, and they said, well, why don't we record these? Right, Is that when they started, those? right, okay. And uh, so I was watching that one night, and... Lo and behold, there's Mike Warsaw at the age of 26. Right, <laughs> He was just here for one week, and he had started to work in production. It was just good to see some of the right. old faces that I, I remember.
0: Well, you know, it's, it's interesting, too, because you mentioned that to me and I mentioned the fact that I was the last one mother ever did. <laughs> yes. uh, so I don't know what kind of bad yeah. vibes I brought to the network, <laughs> 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 apparently. But I was, I was there, she had it, and that was the last one she had mm. actually ever done.
1: So. And it was always good. You always learn something from Mother, and I've learned right. a number of things from just reading this book, too, so it's just right. a great It's interesting, because
0: it's on Genesis, and just recently, I think Steve Ray also did a book on Genesis uh, mm-hmm. that we had, certainly on Bookmark, and so, the, you know, it's the kind of thing a lot of gets overlooked a lot of times. People kind of look at it and like, well, I know the Adam and Eve story, and things right. like this. But she talks about the idea of looking at Scripture here, especially with the eyes of a contemplative.
1: Yes. What does that mean to you? Yeah, that we're not just, and it's important, of course, to know the historical context and to look at those sorts of things, but the most important thing is, how does this affect my life? Mm -hmm. How does it affect my thinking, my living? And Mother makes it very practical of how these Bible events and stories really can help us to grow and see ourselves Mm -hmm. in those stories. And she says, don't read it as if these people didn't struggle, you know, with this issue or that issue. But read it as this struggling person and how they show faith or not. Right.
0: And I think that was always important for Mother to say uh, she she didn't want these, uh, like, saints where the, you know, the butter melted in their mouths kind of a (laughs) thing, you know, the uh, Placer of Paris saints. Mm -hmm. These were real people who overcame difficulties because of the grace God gave them,
1: right? Mm -hmm. So, there's a lesson for each of us, and St. Augustine said that the scriptures were written, God wrote them or gave Mm -hmm. them to us with us personally in mind, and there's a message for us personally in the sacred scriptures. And I think that's what Mother's trying to get to, what is God saying to you in your life?
0: Right, and she always had a great way of presenting that and talking to you individually, Mm -hmm. and also with her own foibles and her her own wounds and the issues that she herself would deal with and not hide Mm -hmm. in her own struggles in her life and and even at times in her faith walk. She said, one morning after communion, I was just talking to the Lord as I usually do it, and I was very much suddenly aware as if my spirit was leaving my body and was placed on a sphere, a round sphere. Mm -hmm. And she talked about the idea of kind of being above everything and, and, and sensing, nothingness. Mm-hmm. And she said, I realized then that the Lord was giving me an experience of the first paragraph to the book of Genesis. Yeah. How do you see that?
1: You know, yesterday, providentially, I think I was speaking with Sister Emmanuel,
0: One of mother's uh, sisters. One of her
1: sisters. Of her so, she's right. been a nun for 63 years. Right. Yeah. The first nine years were in Cleveland, Ohio. She transferred down here in 1969. Mm-hmm. She's been with mother, you know, ever since. Right. And she told me how, you know, at first she was duplicating the cassette tapes, but then Mother said, well, I want you to work in the print shop. So, she was involved in making those mini-books. Okay. And one of those was one of those that Mother refers to in this book, When Time Began. Mm-hmm. And I said to Sister Emmanuel, I said, now, you've been a nun for 63 years. What would be a message you would want to give to people? Mm-hmm. And she says, tell them that God loves you so doggone much, <laughs> <laughs> sounds like as she would put it. <laughs> right, sounds like her. That He created you, mm-hmm. and she says that a lot of people don't realize God's love for them. And then we talked about this experience that Mother had, which she was well well aware of in the mini book. Mm-hmm. So Mother, after communion, she has this experience that went on for a couple of months, actually. Right.
0: that's what I gather,
1: Where yeah. she has this sense that she's alone she's calling out to god and there's nothing she has this experience of nothingness and in the book of genesis it speaks about the spirit hovering over the void right so she sees this benevolent good majestic god mm-hmm. coming and that there are potential human beings this is her experience. She said, it might sound a little wacko, mm. <laughs> as Mother would We'd say, say about, right. but, but this was her experience. And it taught her a lesson that the, the Spirit is hovering over these potential human beings but he didn't create them. Mm. But then he moves toward her, pauses, and he said, you shall be. Right. And what it really brought home to her is just the privilege and blessing and goodness of being created. Right. Uh, being brought something into Something we take for granted. Right. Many people. So I think that's a beautiful spiritual message that we can came out, come right. out of this from both Sister Emmanuel and from Mother Angelica. Right. And speaking
0: of other sisters, there's also a little story about Mother and Sister Raphael's garden <laughs> with the potatoes right. and unearthing potatoes and the idea that every time they put in a fork, something else came out. Mm-hmm. Kind of her way of looking at what you can find in Scripture, especially in Genesis, right?
1: yeah and it's like john of the cross right that we always find new veins you know when we're mining you know when we're the treasure of christ and yeah sister raphael mm-hmm. she was such a delightful uh, right. sister and she had a beautiful voice and loved to sing
0: right she did all that needlepoint
1: the needlepoint the right. mother In the early days and when people she was a pictures. talented yeah. artist too right we have some of her pictures that she drew of jesus and mary that we still offer on ewtn right. But, uh, yeah, but so Mother was bringing out just the beauty and awesomeness of God's creation. Right. You know, that we can learn a lot about God just from the things He's made. Right.
0: She said, those of us that are grassroots people, the majority of the people in the world, it's not necessary for us to get all screwed up with all the incidentals.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I think she's trying to tell people, don't get caught up in so many of the individual facts to miss the big message.
1: Exactly. Right that we can just say, was it seven days? You know, was it actually an Earth Day? Was it, you know, when, when, so how are you in Well, don't get lost in those kind of details. What is God saying to me through these events, through these uh, experiences that our first parents had yeah. and, and all of that, and their struggle, their falling in temptation, right. being deceived by the evil one, and how Mother so very well points out, that's us. Right. The serpent hasn't changed his tactics. The devil hates you. He wants to take something away from God. He wants you away from God. And his tactics haven't changed. He's still seeking to deceive you and say, well, this is good. Adultery is good. Who am I hurting by committing adultery? And yet, there's all this fallout that you see. You destroy yourself, as Mother brings out. Right,
0: absolutely. And she makes a point here to follow up on what you said. On the seventh day, the Lord rested from all the work he had been doing. Now, that's the kind of a sore spot for many of us today, with all the stores mm-hmm. opening on Sundays, etc. You know, we've lost that sense of Sunday. That's we've lost the concept of rest.
1: Yes, she talks about the importance of being with your family, just talking with your family, having a meal together. And I did a Church mm-hmm. Universal show where there was this couple from New York City, and they had nine children. And one of their neighbors had an only child, a little a girl. And the parents would hand her a $20 bill, this mother of the nine children said, and say, go get yourself some dinner tonight. Mm-hmm. We won't be here. And that's such a sad reality mm-hmm. for so many young people. Mm-hmm. So they invited this young girl to join them with all these nine children, all this activity, all of this bonding, too, right. together, and how it was something she just really longed for and just loved to spend time yeah. with this family.
0: Right, and to follow-up on the earlier point here. Now, don't throw all this archaeology at me, Mother. <laughs> says, they found one here a million years ago. I get that. She said, we only know that a man, that this man and this woman is in this chapter, and she's talking about mm-hmm. Genesis, are very important, <laughs> Adam and Eve, to you and me because God chose them to be the leaders of his creation.
1: Exactly. So we know that hmm. he infuses a soul and when mother talks about conception how close we are to God because he has to ensoul that body in the moment of conception. So she says realize how close you are to God because he brought you into being. Right. How that all took place in the you know, thousands of years of history. Well, we don't really have to get into all those details but just to realize what's the significance. And even Augustine will yeah. talk about that this is a symbolic language that's right. teaching us something and it's, it's teaching us important lessons.
0: Right, and she said, who cares how he did it? God created you women, not to be inferior to men, but to be a helpmate, to be part of an important part of society, whether it was, mm-hmm. you know, the mud or from the rib, et cetera, right. uh, to follow up on that point. Now, she also made a point here and I thought it was interesting. She, now, there's such a thing as good pride And you say, what could be good about this? It looks terrible. Well, I can take pride in myself as much as I keep myself clean. Hmm. And she's making that point about the fact that there are things that we should do and and feel good Mm -hmm. about.
1: Yeah, and I sometimes will tell people, you know, that when you do something good, well, what did God do when he had done something good? He called it good, and then he had the day, the Sabbath. And John Paul II, he says, he contemplated the goodness of His creation. And I think we should do that, too. If we do a good job, we do something work, it's not wrong for us to sit back Mm -hmm. and contemplate, well, thank you, God, for helping me to accomplish something good that's benefiting other people or is doing something good.
0: Right. She also talks about here uh, about the Tower of Babel and that Mm -hmm. idea that really the way she looks at it with the idea that people thought, well, they didn't really need God. Mm -hmm. They could build their own way to... To heaven, right? Right. And, and, and the idea that multiple languages really having to, to, to do with the confusion and the division mm-hmm. of the people.
1: Right, so there's two ways that we can approach life. One is that it's about me, it's about advancing myself, it's about doing those sorts of things. And the other way that we can approach life is, Abraham, I'm listening to what God wants. I want to carry out what his plans and his purposes are. So, she asked the question, what is your plan? Mm-hmm. Are you going to build a Tower of Babel? You know, or you're going to be like Abraham and you're going to be listening for God's voice. I like something she brings out there too. Mm. Well, how did he discern that it was God's voice? Right, right, right. And she says, well, imagine, for example, your husband comes home and you can tell he's had a bad day. Mm-hmm. You just know it. You can kind of sense it. There's a way that he's communicating that to you even without his words. Right. And so when God speaks to us and there's a certain authority that we experience behind it, that's a way that he's communicating to us too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm.
0: She talks about elsewhere on this. She said, we will make a name for ourselves. It wasn't ourselves anymore. It was our name for me, as you were saying. And once we begin to say, I want to do this for me, and you knock everybody else out of the box, who wants your family You become an individual who thinks of nothing except what affects you. She mm-hmm. goes on to say, some of you parents don't understand your kids, the kids don't understand you. My Lord, mother was <laughs> prophetic, right? Yes. You're speaking the same language, but nobody understands you're living in the Tower of Babel because the essence of our life mm. today is I will not serve. I want my freedom. And she said, but what is the freedom that people want today? It's the same freedom that people wanted then, the freedom to sin without guilt
1: and yet she will say later on in this book that you say, I'm happy, I'm happy, but really you're running from your miserableness because when you lose grace, when you fall out of grace, there's a misery interiorly mm-hmm. and you can try to pretend you know that everything's okay, I'm happy, I'm at mm-hmm. peace, I'm living the life I want to live, right. but really in reality you're running from your, mis- your misery. You're right. going to entertainment, you're running to this, you're running to that.
0: Yeah, well, you know, any way we kind of try to drug ourselves in, whether it's right. food or something else, mm-hmm. uh, to, to take away that, what we, the pain temporarily. Right. And she talks about the idea, and this I think, <coughs> talk about today, talk about Catholics, they're confused on what do I believe.
1: Yeah.
0: It seems, uh, that seems worse today than I think when, probably in the 80s, when Mother
1: mm-hmm. talked about this. Thanks be to God for EWTN. Because I still learn, you know, I'm learning from the books we publish, I'm learning from the programs that we air, and um, every day I'm I'm consuming EWTN content often because we've got such a variety of things that can be a way that we can interestingly um, bring the faith and the truths of the faith to people.
0: But she said, and I saw this is also amazing. In it's in in society, people get caught robbing. They get out sometimes. Now they get out all the time. They're the most terrible crimes, and you find they get free. And the policeman is arrested, or the policeman is at fault. And I'm, my lord. I mean, yeah. that's
1: that's prophetic. Uh, more isn't
0: it? more today than mm-hmm. than ever before. Yeah. She said, have we not ye- also not yielded to the sin of pride?
1: Mm. That's all it. It's all about uh, myself and my rights where I'm not talking about my duties, my responsibilities right. before God, before my family, before society. Well, let's talk about those too. Yes, rights, that's important and mm-hmm. that's necessary that everyone is treated justly and, uh, and with the dignity of, that they have as a human being. But let's also talk about responsibilities, right. duties, living up to what we are called to be.
0: Right. She talks about the idea that we've made tremendous advances in electronics and technology and science, but we've gone backwards inside.
1: Hmm. Now, we talked about being an advanced culture, but you look at previous cultures, previous cultures and you say, morally, they were way ahead of where we are today. So, we've declined spiritually and interiorly in many ways. Thankfully, if we want to, we can advance. We have, we're standing on the shoulders of giants, you know, as it said, because we have all of these wonderful teachers throughout history who've lived the faith, they're saints, they lived in a, a way in accord with the gospel, and they've handed on their teaching. And we have this wonderful, you know, Availability today mm-hmm. to learn from them.
0: It's interesting. Mother also talks about, you know, in a sense that, that, that with the Tower of Babel, the downside. Of, she talks about uh, pride becoming like a fungus, actually, hmm. that grows inside you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's going to take over everything mm-hmm. eventually, right? It's the capital sin of pride that leads us to sin. In fact, we wouldn't sin if it wasn't for pride, saying, "Well, I will not serve," right? As Mother brings up. So it is to have that humble approach and anything that brings some humility in our life, even humiliation sometimes can be helpful or declining as we get older, you know, that sort of thing can get us to be thinking more seriously. Right. Mother talks about uh, the example of Joseph in the Old Testament right, right okay. and how his brothers were so envious and they were just out to get him. I mean, Joseph
0: didn't, you know, kind of did a lot of stuff to encourage that <laughs> yeah. envy and stuff. Yeah, she brings that up too. too. Right, he wasn't right, exactly right. prudent, no, right. she wasn't exactly <laughs> thrilled with the way Joseph acted either.
1: But you see them change right. later on, and now Judah's going to give his life for his younger brother, right. and so his father doesn't okay. grieve. Where before, they were hypocrites, and they're supposedly consoling their father you know, who had lost his son his when son, really right. they were responsible right. for Right, and then you had
0: off. Joseph there showing the mercy yeah. instead of the revenge
1: mm-hmm.
0: that, that he could have doled out. She says here, Mother Angelica in this section says, Make a choice tonight. Where are you? Are you with the Tower of Babel people who mm-hmm. have only one thought of, about themselves? Or are you with Abram, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. listening to God? I go an uncertain way, but my Lord leads me, which you were talking
1: about. Yeah, exactly. There's two ways that we can live. I'm going to just live for myself. I want to live my life the way I want to do it, how I want to do it, when I want to do it, or I want to do actually what's going to be best for me, Mm -hmm. listening to God. What is His plan for my life? How am I supposed to act? Again, what are my responsibilities and my duties?
0: Mother talks about, we're looking at Abraham with a kind of new eyes. I hope it gives you courage. She said, I really feel that so many of you out there, and I'm sure this is from people she heard with, including myself, just agonize ourselves and f- all the spiritual guilt when people or ministers or friends or relatives, family, or, uh, or even for yourself and uh, your own conscience and your own head, your own mind, you keep saying to yourself, you don't have enough faith. It's your faith. You wouldn't question it. If you had a lot of faith, you wouldn't doubt.
1: Yeah. I love, again, that example of Joseph and how she brings that out in the Old Testament and how everything's going great. He's got this multicolored, you know, cloak, mm-hmm. and, and he's a favorite of his, his father, and then he gets sold into slavery. Mm-hmm. Well, then everything starts to do better because the Pharaoh starts to have confidence in him and his gifts. But then he gets betrayed by, you know, Pharaoh's wife, gets thrown into jail. What's going on? But then. Something happens again and he becomes, you know, in charge of uh, Pharaoh's land and so on. Right. So, but I like what she says, that it's not like God abandoned me when I go down. Mm-hmm. No, God's with me in the downs right. and the ups. And he's turning the tragedies of life, too, because Joseph concludes by saying, don't grieve over the fact that you sold me into slavery. God intended this for your good. Right. And And also for his in some ways. And for his good, too.
0: Right, for his...
1: And for his people, for the brothers. Right,
0: Mother talks about, this It's funny, she's talking about Abram out in the desert. She said he didn't have any air conditioning. (laughs) 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 So he's out there sweating there. She talks about the idea of hospitality and the fact that they would, you know somebody would come mm. along and you'd welcome and she said when friends come to our door we'd see them at far away say oh are they here again <laughs> or why are they always coming at supper time <laughs> right she said our hospitality has really gone down to nothing
1: <laughs> it has and i like the how she compares really abram and and sarai and uh, how sarai doesn't have really is it sarah or sarai but anyway right uh, that She laughs because she doesn't think it's possible that she could ever have a son. But Abraham, he chuckles, but he has a faith that, okay, well, how's God gonna do this? And then you look at Mary, she has a faith. She says, well, how will this be done? Hmm. But it's not a questioning, doubting question. It's a question of, well, how will this be? Because I don't know man. Versus Zachariah, who says, well, this can't be possible. You know, I'm an old man. So, she brings out that point how, yes, we may not know how things are going to be turning out, but we always go forward with faith that somehow God is going to accomplish it. One foot in the air, one foot in the ground, queasy feeling Feeling in in your stomach stomach stomach. is what Mother would say. Well, the
0: section Mother talks about Jacob and Esau, and this is kind of one of those ones you look at, this, wasn't this kind of unfair? Why is our Lord rewarding Mm -hmm. this, you know, for what goes on? She said, well, I feel sorry for Esau, but you see, Esau was not a man who cared for the afterlife for integrity or honesty or anything, and certainly Jacob was not an honest man, but God couldn't work with Esau. And so Hmm. she gave Jacob the blessing, but he ultimately became a fugitive, had to go on the run. And we're gonna learn something, that the Lord punished Jacob for that deceit because he became later on a victim of deceit. Mm -hmm. What you sow, you reap.
1: Yeah, it came back to him. But he learned this lesson, you know, became the great patriarch that he was, and Esau didn't think that his birthright was really worth much more than a, a pot of a lentils, a bowl of lentils. So so he shows us his disregard really for the spiritual life, right. for the benefit that he would receive in this, this blessing. Mm-hmm.
0: And Mother talks about this, something I think she always talks about, the idea that uh, in this story about how God permits a lot of things to go on in your life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is permitting will.
1: And she talks about even the network, right? Mm-hmm. She, she talks realistically about the networks. So everything seems to be going down. Where are you, Lord? And yet we keep going forward with faith, we keep going forward, we keep persevering in faith, and what you see is that God's going to bring something good even out of the struggle, even out of the trial that you're going through, you're going to see how He's going to turn it to something good.
0: Right. She also talks about, really, I was interested in making the importance of baptism, she said, you see this contest in, uh, between Jacob and Esau and Isaac and, and Rebekah, which is also talked about, and you can see the consequences of original sin here. It's so strong. And he says, if you're not baptized, get baptized. It's necessary for the stigma of original sin. But mm-hmm. we don't hear a lot about original sin
1: anymore. No, and uh, people aren't getting their children baptized, right. unfortunately, anymore. Right. A, lot of, a lot of them aren't. And that's sad because You want to provide for your children for their physical welfare, and they can't do it for themselves when they're infants, well, they also need help spiritually, Mm -hmm. right? And so, that's the gift of baptism is to say, I want my children to have the spiritual goods that are their right, that's gonna help them uh, to overcome original sin and to live a more virtuous life.
0: She also makes this point, be careful when an opportunity looks so logical to lie and cheat for... so-called greater good mm-hmm. God may use it but it is still a sin is still wrong hmm.
1: that we can never do evil to, to strive to accomplish some good end there's no you can't use an evil means to toward a good end even if you see that as good so every action that we do right. has to always be motivated by good
0: later on in the book mother talks about if you don't remember anything else I say here I want you to remember that this point about Uh, lest we dash our foot against the stone that, my friends, is a truth that I hope you remember. She talks about the fact that tell your children about these magnificent creatures, the angels, and how she feels so bad that people are not teaching their children about the angels, even little kids, that you can rely on your guardian angel.
1: And that we have lots of obstacles in our spiritual life and the world, but grace is greater, right? And that's the good news that we have grace alive in us. And so the worst thing that we can do is to fall out of grace because we lose, lose the capacity really to practice charity, to have patience, to be generous. We lose that capacity. It becomes more of a struggle to be mm-hmm. virtuous when you're outside of, uh, outside of grace and really impossible. And, and so we have this available to us. We have the angels that have been given to assist us not only in this light, right. but to heaven.
0: And just we're just out of time, but this line, be like God, turn your mistakes into good humility.
1: Yes. that That's what the Christian does. You take something bad, even, for example, somebody hurts you, somebody says something bad to you, you, you take something bad like that, and you turn it into good by being an intercessor for them, praying for God to give right. them grace. All right,
0: well, thank you so much <laughs> for spending You're time welcome. with us on the show, Father. Joseph Mary Wolf, MFVA, a presenter of Mother Angelica's Lessons on Genesis. It's amazing uh, the things this woman had to say that are still so prescient today, even more so. Published proudly by all of us here at EW10 Publishing. Available naturally through our EW10 religious catalog, EW10RC.com. For all things Mother Angelica, I'm Doug Keck. Thanks for stopping by. We'll see you next time right here on Book Bar.